you are in the perfect place at the divine time to be touched by a horse. Here's your hosts, Melissa Pierce and Dane Cheek. Well, hi, everybody. This is Melissa. And this is Dane. Welcome back. Well, thanks. <laughs> I've been out uh, cutting grass and just preparing our place for summit. Exactly. So I mentioned in the last one that I did with Gabriel, which I had to do by myself. It was really sad and lonely that you were out well, doing all I missed those you things. Too. Oh, good. <laughs> Thank you. And, but it really felt funny to be doing it all by myself without you. So, yeah, so we're pretty ready, right? For so, summit. what'd you say about Gabriel? Well, I said a few nice things about you, but a lot of nice things about Gabriel. Oh, good, good. <laughs> put good. it that way, put it that way. So, you know, we've been working steadily up to this for a year, but the physical work is heavy duty right before summit happens. Just to give people a picture, we have a very, very large indoor arena and we have a stage that comes out of a tough shed that we have that gets set up with curtains down the side and a place for um, a Wi-Fi and to show, you know, photos and PowerPoints and stuff on that. We have 25 round tables that seat eight people to each table with a chair coordinated to each one. How many six-foot tables do we use for the store? Let's say a dozen, maybe? Yep, yep, yep. Probably about 12 back in the store, plus some round tables. They all have tablecloths that go with them. Then we set up a, two food lines for all the people to be able to get their food easily. And all of these big thermos containers for lemonade and tea and water and all that kind of stuff. By the time we just get everything out, it's a major production. It's a really huge. major production. Yeah, it's a lot. Yeah. And our store, which is so fun, we get all that inventory out. And we had we had some help this year, which we're very grateful for. Almost every year, we have a few people that come and, and help us with it. But we set every product, everything out. We do all kinds of what I call equinalia back in there. And it's huge. I well, usually post a picture or a video on Facebook with it. I can't believe you have all that stuff in the store. I know. <laughs> Well, we have a good size inventory room, yeah. so we hide some of it in the inventory, but but the representation of it and is. And we have a great crew helping us out. We do. We have an awesome crew. And that's one thing I was going to share. When we first moved down here, um, we're about almost two hours from our old place, two-hour drive time between our place in Boulder and our place here. And when we first moved down here, we needed help. You know, we needed some help, and we didn't know. So I was in my bank the new bank opened an account down here. And I just happened to ask the teller, do you have a lead on anybody that is kind of a general handyman willing to help out on some stuff, carry heavy stuff and all that? We just moved in and we really need some help. And she said, actually, my son Thomas has a crew. And I said, well, that's great. And, and the other tellers are laughing and they're going, he's awesome. You definitely want to get Thomas you know, as part of your crew. And the woman says to me, my son is 14. He is a sophomore in high school, but he knows equipment. He knows work. Trust me, he'll be great. So we thought, okay, for moving boxes and helping us get all moved in, that would be terrific. Well, it turns out this incredible young man was quite the businessman, don't you think? Yes. <laughs> he was such a good businessman. He uh, became your protege. So pretty much, pretty yeah. much, pretty much. Just a great kid. So, of course, at 14, he couldn't drive. So he had seniors in high school working for him who would drive him to the different jobs. He had multiple crews 
happening. Like he'd be working at our place doing maybe a landscape cleanup and he'd have another crew over doing blacktop in a driveway at another place and somebody else moving hay. And he'd be supervising all these different ones. He really won my heart. I think the second really big job we gave him, I hear him outside with four other teenagers, most of them bigger than him, older than him. And I hear him, my windows were open. I hear him saying to them, look her straight in the eye, shake her hand, introduce yourself clearly. By the way, today, I don't want to see any cell phones and don't be playing music because people don't necessarily like the music that we like the music, uh, the same music. So we're going to have our best manners today. Are we going to have a good day? And the guys are like, yes, Thomas. And I open the door and he says, good morning. And I said, good morning. Thanks for being on time. And the next thing I know, each boy introduces himself to me and they worked so fast and so hard and so well. Really, really a great crew. And here we are, seven and a half years later, he came out. He always does all of our summit setup work with us. And he's blacktopping our driveway entrance and just a thousand things. But he came out with his crew yesterday. Again, fantastic crew. Yeah. Just so yeah. respectful and so wonderful. I don't know what we would have done without him. I agree. Yeah, <laughs> He's uh, just a wonderful young man now. Yeah, definitely. An adult now, for sure. Yeah, and gotten to be a good friend. So, yeah, think of all the work you would have had to do if I hadn't found Thomas. I know. Yeah, Thomas (laughs) is my boy. (laughs) Absolutely. Helped us put our windmill up. He helped us take our old entrance down, put a new entrance in. I mean, just a lot of things. A lot of the things on our farm that, that we needed, that extra muscle and that extra crew of help. Uh, has been awesome. So Thomas, I doubt you listen to our podcast, but if you do, thank you, bud. You're doing a great job and we're very appreciative of you. So on another note, I wanted to address a question that I was asked and I am taking a little bit of a risk discussing this, I think with you, this is outside your wheelhouse, but I wanted to go into a little bit of a certain developmental stage. You up for that? Sure, I'll okay. give her a shot. Yeah, you're you're in the slow developmental stage still. <laughs> <laughs> After all this time, all right. So, What'd you say? yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, what I mean by that is when I address clients and their wounds or their unfinished business or where they're at in life, I'm looking like a detective at a lot of different things that will help me understand what that was really like for them. And one that all psychotherapists use, but always impressed me when I was training to be a psychotherapist, was the fascination of how our personality develops through our stages of growing up, right? Makes sense. So we know that kids have different developmental stages for when they walk and when they talk and all that. But we're talking about their psychological, psycho-emotional developmental stages. You with me so far? Yeah. Okay. So I teach six of them in our program. I break it down to six of them that I want my students to learn so that when they're certified and they hear that someone's mother passed away and they know what age the client was when their mother passed, they can look through that lens at their client's experience. Because obviously a seven-year-old child has one experience and a 24-year-old has another experience of losing their mom, right? Right, right. And every single stage has very distinct things. So, So much so that if I have a client sit in front of me and they're 40 years old and they tell me my mom died when I was young, 
I know by their statements around at what age they were. I can nail exactly to what age they were. Yeah, working backwards because of their developmental stage. So the one that someone wrote and asked me about was a pretty interesting one. It's it's 12 and 13 years old. You remember your son at 12 and 13, my daughter at 12 and 13, you know. And do you remember being 12 or 13? I do. Okay. Yeah. I bet you were cute. And I certainly remember being 12 and 13. So that is what we call the first stage of individuation. And it's a really big part of growing up. It's a big part of life. And it matters a lot where your same-sex parent is in relation to you in your life at that age. You can really see people have long lasting developmental effects by where their parent was at that age. And so individuation is kind of a big word, but basically the way I describe it to people is if I'll, I'll use you as an example, when you were 10, if your dad brought matching t-shirts for the two of you, you'd be all, all on board. But at 13, your dad brings matching hats, matching t-shirts. You kind of look at him and go, uh, no, no, right. Exactly. (laughs) I don't want to match you. And that's actually developmental because the kid is at that age is saying, I'm working hard here developmentally to figure out who I am in, in differential to you. So I, we look at our parent and we say, how how do I hope I will end up being like you? How do I hope I will never be like you, right? So we're, we're making those frameworks so that we can say, I'm different. If a young girl's mom wears really fashionable clothes, everything's important from the shoes to the hats to the everything perfect, it's not uncommon at 13 for the 13-year-old daughter to say, I'm glad you like to do that, mom, but I am not into fashion. I'm into fighting on the behalf of dogs or something. And I want to wear, you know, jeans and t-shirts all the time. So we, we bounce off our parents to become who we are. And in some ways to become like them. And in other ways, we want to be about as opposite as we can be. So it's it, it's a difficult time. Right. You know, we all know kids at 12 and 13 are a little awkward and trying to find their way in life. Certainly junior high is you know, find their way different from their friends. So they're individuating. They're finding out who they are. So I have a question for you. Do you remember when you were 12 and 13 looking at your dad, for instance, and any way that you said, I hope I'm just like him in this way, but I hope in that way I'm very different for him. Do you remember that at all? Oh, let's see. I can recall that I wanted to be different from him in the way I wanted to show up more for my son. As a parent? As okay. a parent. Yeah, more. yeah. You know, that was pretty much lacking at that age. Yeah, I remember you said he missed your games and yeah, like he didn't yeah. go to your games right. and stuff. Yeah. You know, or if you're playing an instrument in school or something mm-hmm. or, uh, you know, or honor society presentation, Mm -hmm. you know. He wasn't the dad that went. (laughs) He stayed home. Yeah. Yeah. So that's a perfect example. So at that age, not knowing if you'd have a son, which you do, which you did and do. uh, But at that age, you took what I call a covenant or a promise to yourself saying, if I have a son or if I'm a parent, 
I'm going to make sure I'm at my child's events that are important to my kid than it's important to me. And you were for all of Kevin's. For all of Kevin's, you were always there. And I know Kevin appreciated that. That was really good. So I think there's just those things where we, we look at them at 13 with a critical eye and we say, here's how I do want to be like you, which we know your dad had a great sense of humor. You have a great sense of humor. There's a lot of good things about your dad that you do have, but that's a perfect example of that covenant at 12 or 13 that you take and, and how it kind of shapes your life really. It dictates your life based on, on their behavior. Touched by a Horse offers three comprehensive programs giving you the ability to have the career you've always dreamed about, working in partnership with the magic of horses. Our equine facilitator program provides you with the skills to build a thriving business hosting group experiences with horses. Our equine gestaltist program prepares you to open your own private gestalt practice in partnership with horses. And our master equine gestaltist program builds your gestalt skills both in and outside the round pen. All of our programs include in-depth live classes, business growth training, and a supportive community of herd members to collaborate with and learn from. Visit our website at touchedbyahorse.com to learn more about which program is right for you and your healing herd. Any other one on your dad? Yeah, he was uh, always a pretty mean guy. Was he? Yeah. I only knew him when he was old. Yeah. <laughs> he was pretty mean and until he would start having a few beers or whatever, and then, you know, he would become the happy camper. Oh. Yeah. yeah. Oh, see, so, my dad was the opposite. He started out okay. He started drinking and got mean. So right, that's interesting. Right. Yeah. yeah. So I just... Wanted to be pretty much a nicer person. You so are to speak. nice. Yeah. 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 You always tell me niceness breeds niceness. I agree. Yeah. Yeah. To just be kind to people and be nice yeah. to people and not mean. Yeah. I, I get it. Yeah. You are so very rarely mean to anybody in life. You know, they, they usually deserve it <laughs> if you are. So interesting. Yeah. I think with mine, my mom and dad did not get along. They fought terribly. They were, upper middle class, well-educated people who fought like uh, street criminals. You know, they were just terrible to each other. Vicious words, shoving, throwing things. I think today the police would be at our door and we lived in this nice house on a golf course and they still couldn't act like, you know, decent people that way. And my mom always felt very trapped in the marriage because she had no idea how to earn money, how to pay a bill, how to save money. She knew nothing about money. She married my dad when she was 20, 21, and he ran all the finances. And so she was given an allowance, which wasn't, it wasn't that bizarre really in the fifties and sixties. Women have come a long way, but I remember looking at her and thinking how trapped she was in this very unhappy marriage that she was making as unhappy as he was. I didn't see her as the better of the two or anything, but I thought she can't make her own decision to get herself out of this because she has literally no idea how to make it in the world, how to get a job, manage money, earn money, spend money, run a checking account. I mean, nothing. She was completely innocent of that and really spent her whole life that way. Died at 92, still with me helping her with her money. And so I think my covenant back then was that I would not be 
indebted or beholden to another person for money, that I would educate myself and learn how to take care of myself financially and to understand what money is about, not be afraid of it, know how to have it, and not depend on a man or anyone else to take care of me or support me financially. I will say I took it to the other extreme. You know, I really... really took it to the other extreme. But I think that was a deep promise I made to myself at that age, looking at her as a really sad character because she didn't understand how to manage money for herself. So times have changed. I think that's still what I would tell any young woman who's just coming out of high school, that it's important for all of us, males and females, to know how to support yourself in this world. It's okay to have a partnership and be interdependent with someone financially. But in my life, I don't think anybody should be solely dependent on another person financially. It's too much for both sides. It's just not a healthy way yeah, to I be remember you in the world. Your mom, your mom out oh, gosh, yeah. Oh, uh, gosh, yeah. Not by giving her money, but just showing her how to operate. Yeah, yeah. just really both. I yeah. mean, when my, when my stepdad died and they had been married a long time, he left her with insurance money coming to her and some savings. And, you know, he did right by her all the way. But if it had been left in her hands, it would have been gone inside of a year. So, and she knew that. So she had me step in as power of attorney and help her manage that money until the day she left the planet. So yeah, I think those promises are big. And I would say as podcast listeners, if you can think about when you were 12 or 13, for most people that seventh and eighth grade, and how you saw your same sex parent, you individuate from both, but mostly it shows up with that same sex parent. And when you looked at that parent, you asked yourself subconsciously, you know, these are the things about my parent that I hope I get. You know, I hope that I can be like them in this way. Then you had a list of things that said, well, I will not be like them in that way. You know, very separate ways of doing things. And like my home, uh, our home, which is beautiful, has a lot of artwork, a lot of photographs, a lot of gifts that we've received over the years, a lot of mementos from places we've traveled and and all of that. So it's, it's a, a beautiful home, lots of stuff. My son, Cody, is the first one to say he is a minimalist. He doesn't want to have any quote unquote stuff to pack or carry around or decorate in his home. And that's probably, he probably pushed off of me with that because he helped us move when he was a kid. <laughs> I think he said, I don't, don't want to have stuff. stuff. Yeah, I don't want to have, have stuff, stuff, right? Yeah. So I think we all do it. It's The other one is kids that will grow up on a farm and then later uh, in another developmental stage, they can't wait to go live in an inner city somewhere or kids that live in an inner city wish they could go live in the country. So that's all pretty normal. It's all developmental stages and and we all go through them, but it is um, a really interesting time. Now, the tougher one is, do you think, do you, think you have an awareness of our son Kevin's covenant with you? It's harder to have the awareness that direction. So for those listening who have kids, grown kids or whatever, it's much harder to carry the awareness of like, well, what do you mean my kid wanted to be different? <laughs> you know, what? how did they want to be different from me? So I'm not sure with Kevin. What do you think? He likes different sports, you know, mm-hmm. but... Uh... I know he wanted I, yeah. he wanted to be hardworking like you. I I yeah. know that, and he wanted to be how do I want to say it uh, social like you're not just extroverted, but you make sure people feel comfortable here, and 
you know, that they, you're the first one to say, you know, do you want a beer and here, take the best seat and all that. So I think he took after you in a lot of those ways. Did he push off away from you in some? I'm sure he did. <laughs> I, 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 just, I just, yeah, like like you're saying, you can see it on your side, but it's hard to see it's it. It's harder to see it that way, that isn't way. it? Yeah. yeah, it's harder to see it that way. I think maybe, I mean, it was very important to you, to me, and to him that he went to college. That was a big one, but that yeah, he, yeah. he wanted, I can remember this at 12 or 13 with him, that doing manual labor was not his thing right, ever. Right, right. He's always known he wanted to use his brain. He wanted to use, you know, his intellect and all that. Whereas both you and I like more physical stuff, you especially, right, more right. physical hands-on things that we do and can see the difference, you know, when they're done. And yeah, they grew up in a different age. These kids today grew up in a very different age. Everything's so digital and computerized and and all of that as well. So he's he's a whiz on all of that. So yeah, so I think it's fascinating how people can come up with, you know, different ideas when they're growing up around their parents and, and where they are with all of that. So topic for today, individuation gives you something to think about. What were your covenants from your parents and do your kids have them with you? If you are raising a 12 or 13 year old, I'm going to say, especially if you're a mama raising a 12 or 13 year old daughter right now, as you're hearing this podcast, understand that sometimes they're not very nice about this stage. Ourselves included, we probably weren't very nice to our moms either. They do it in a form that feels like criticism when what your daughter's really saying is, I need to find me. So if she says, oh, I hate the way you wear your hair, mom, or oh, mom, that's the stupidest music, or oh, mom, you know, blah, 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 whatever it is, she's actually wanting to find herself. So sometimes you can hear what they're saying, take the criticism out of it and say, I think it's great. You're learning what you want to wear. I think it's terrific. You're learning how you want to wear your hair. You know, teach her to be nicer. <laughs> in how she's saying it to you. But it's also just good in your heart to know they're really not meaning it as critically as it comes across. They're really meaning, I want to find out who I am at this stage. And, uh, and they eventually do. So it all works out. We all grow up, right? I want to thank Hope Through Horses for being our partial sponsor of our podcast. We appreciate their support at Touched by a Horse in many different levels. They have a fabulous website. They are a nonprofit dependent on donation. And that would be my encouragement to you, if you can, to kick them a little cash if you get a chance to. They do a lot of good in the world for our organization so that people can train to do this deep work. And then also I want to say, if you yourself, if this particular podcast brought something up around your parent, maybe your your dad was already out of the home, maybe your mom had moved off or died, or maybe somebody was an alcoholic in your home, et cetera, et cetera. And this podcast got you thinking, maybe there's some unfinished business there. Reach out to our office at touchbyhorse.com and we will do a match matchmaking with the right graduate for you based on what your needs are and your geographic location. And that can really be a terrific referral and we can help you get set up to do a session and see what all this is about with our certified practitioners and their horses who are extraordinary. Really excited about this coming weekend. You know, it's summit <laughs> weekend. We can't... Uh... Wait to see all of our students yep. uh, and the and graduates. It's like a big reunion. And family. And staff. Uh, staff and, yeah. and yeah, it's 
about 120 people maybe. We have 19 graduates, 19 nice. people yeah. graduating from our program this weekend on Saturday. And, and, and I want to be there and show up for them <laughs> because they've, they've completed this course and you they've bet. done a lot of really hard work. They count on your tears and my tears. We're right, up there like right. they're pseudo parents. You know, we cry as we shake their hand and congratulate them on two years of, of tough work, of difficult work. And they excel at it and they're very, very good at it. And we're excited about about all their careers coming one, to One pass. of the better things about the program is that after you graduate, you know, you, you have our support all the way through, and you think, well, I've graduated and it's all over. We're going to support you all the way. Yeah. <laughs> kind of like parenting. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Our kids technically moved out, <laughs> but they still have yeah. mom and dad to lean on the whole way. So it's kind of like that. We have a big family. Well, thank you for listening. Hope you have a very blessed week yourself. Whatever you're doing with your weekend, uh, we'll be thinking of you. Hopefully you can send us some good energy for our summit. Thank you, everybody. Talk to you again soon. See you later. Thank you for listening to the Touched by a Horse podcast. If you'd like more information about anything we've talked about on the show today or our certification program, please visit our website at touchedbyahorse.com. That's touchedbyahorse.com. Or contact our office by phone at 303-440-7125. Also, be sure to keep up with us on social media. We're at Touched by a Horse on both Facebook and Instagram. See you around the barn and on the next episode.